Hey, welcome to Vine Church Fort Myers podcast. We are glad that you took time to listen. We pray that the message of grace empowers you today. We're excited for what the Lord has in store for us. Um, and we prepared this message, me and my wife. I don't know if we're going to be seated. But we are excited for what the Lord has for us. Praise Jesus. We believe that ministry cannot happen if it does not emphasize the next gen, the next generation. This is not only a strategy for us. This is what moves this church. This is what moves this house. And yes, I agree with Pastor Tullio. We, we decided to invest in the next generation from the very beginning. And we were starting with high schoolers at the time that now are parents. They are married, they are successful, they are in the, you know, their careers. And who could imagine that? That that bunch of people, crazy young people, will become Vine Church, Fort Myers. And it is this, uh, for me and my wife, is a great privilege and honor and responsibility. But we know there, is, there are more coming. There are more kids coming. And they are becoming these next leaders that we are responsible to disciple them, to make them disciples who make disciples through life groups that multiply. And, and God is just stirring things up in this house. And we believe that we're going to pass on to you, impart to you part of this burden and passion. The message of tonight we call the touch of grace. And that's what we're going to pray right now, that the Holy Spirit, as he moves through worship and praise, can also touch your heart with his grace. Amen. Close your eyes. Holy Spirit, fill this room. Amen. As we called, as we sang, we yield to you. We surrender to you. We open up to you, Holy Spirit. You began this good work. You're faithful. You're powerful to bring in perfect completion. Let us, as families, as Vine Church movement here in Southwest Florida, in uh, northeast Florida in Jacksonville and all surroundings, God, and beyond. We want to be this powerful instrument to pass the baton to the next generation. Passion, fire, oh, revival spread all over this nation. That's our cry and prayer in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen. 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 Praise Jesus. We're going to go in this amazing story that Jesus uh, a pass through, it became uh, full of principles for us in how to touch the next generation, how to conquer the next generation. The story is in Luke chapter 8, verse 40. Luke chapter 8, verse 40. You guys can follow up uh, behind me that says, Now when Jesus returned, the crowd welcomed him, for they were all waiting for him. And there came a man named Jairus was a ruler of the synagogue, and falling at Jesus' feet, he implored him to come to his house. For he had an only daughter, about 12 years of age, and she was dying. As Jesus went, the people pressed around him. And there was a woman who had a discharge of blood for 12 years. Interesting. 12 years. And though she had spent all her living on physicians, she could not be healed by 
anyone. She came up behind him and touched the fringe of his garment, and immediately her discharge of blood ceased. And Jesus said, Who was it that touched me? When all denied it, Peter said, Master, the crowds surround you and are pressing in on you. But Jesus said, Someone touch me, for I perceive that power has gone out from me. Verse 47, and when the woman saw that she was not hidden, she came trembling and falling down before him, declared in the presence of all the people why she had touched him and how she had been immediately healed. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. And the test continued. While he was still speaking, someone from the rose house came and said, Your daughter is dead. Do not trouble the teacher anymore. But Jesus, on hearing this answer, this answered him, Do not fear, only believe, and she will be well. And when he came to the house, he allowed no one to enter with him, except Peter, John, and James and the father and the mother of the child. And all were weeping and mourning for her. But he said, Do not weep, for she is not dead, but is sleeping. And they laughed at him, knowing that she was dead. But taking by the hand he called, saying, Child, arise. And her spirit returned, and she got up at once, and he directed that something should be given her to eat. And her parents were amazed. But he changed, uh, charged them to tell no one what happened, had happened. Now, I don't know what kind of Bible version you have, but my old version, old-fashioned paper version Bible, ESV, connects the two stories in the same title because they are meant to be together. You can clearly see some connections in the two stories, right? First, the 12 years. It's very evident that the girl that was 12 years of age, uh, she was dead. And this woman that was suffering for how long? 12 years came and experienced the same, uh, a miracle, a touch of grace of Jesus. Now, we, these similarities are not here by chance. I don't know if you understand that, but Christianity, it's the only doctrine, religion, if we can call us some, some cert, like certain thing, that really values women, that really places women in the right stand with all the children of God. Like they are not lessened. And it's important to say that because God wants to use the women in this house. And I'm kind of, I'm gonna say the 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 great the greater the greatest strategy of outreach of this movement, Vine Church, it is related to the women, because we reach out to the kids that will be for the first time presented to the gospel. Most of them led by women. So this points to two generations. It's evident there are two generations of women being touched by Jesus. 
And it's important that 12, because 12 is one of those complete numbers, like 7, 43, is that completeness. So that women had suffered for a complete lifetime. The girl was expressing a generation, a complete generation as well. And now Jesus come and touch these two women. And the Bible said as well, the first part, that this woman, this woman was suffering for 12 years. And what is, is this mean, this blood, this... Uh, um, what this this discharge this discharge of blood of blood means means self righteousness means that she didn't count yet the grace of God she not have the experience the deep experience the to touch Jesus he she heard about Jesus she lived to just heard about but she didn't t touch Jesus she didn't have the experience of the grace of God. Mm -hmm. And Isaiah, I'm sorry, Isaiah, Isaiah 4, uh, 6, 4, 6 say, We have all become like one who, who is unclean, and all our righteousness deeds are like a polluted garment. It means our self-righteousness is like um, fifth rags. When you have this discharge of blood, if you have some, know some uh, biolo biology, physiology, physiology, uh, I'm sorry, um, you can see that you cannot uh, have children. You, you will with that discharge of blood. With discharge of blood, you cannot uh, bury kids. You cannot have kids. You turn unfruitful. And this is mean that when you have this self-righteousness, when, when you not understand the grace, you cannot have kids. You cannot, bear, uh, 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 you cannot preach the gospel that change lives. Okay. Luke 8.43, it's important Luke to say that. 8.43 said, she could not be healed by anyone. This is important. Uh, uh, every, like Rafael said, everything in the Bible has a meaning. And he's saying that he could not be healed by anyone. What does mean? That he, she, uh, she uh, she, I'm sorry, she was looking um, with her strength. Because self-righteousness means that. Mean that you cannot, you, you do by yourself. Not depend on God, not depend on the grace, not depend, not understand that God is good, that God saved, Jesus saved us, not have this complete revelation about the grace of God. Uh, we we want to emphasize the problem of self-righteousness. It's not a theological problem like maybe you're thinking just like, what a strange word. The problem with self-righteousness is that you become indifferent to the people around you. Because it's all about what you want to feel, what you have, and how you think about yourself. And because of that, it doesn't matter the salvation and healing of people around you. So these women, this woman in specific, she was full of self-righteousness. It's a symbol, this discharge of blood, like we read in Isaiah, is a symbol of this 
self-works, willpower, that I'll try to fix myself. I'll make it still my own ways to God without God. And the conclusion of that is that you relate to God in a wrong manner. Above all, is you relating to God in the terms of your performance. So we cannot belittle self-righteousness. That makes us barren. That makes not only woman, but man barren, unfruitful. You cannot bear children. You cannot generate children for God. And now we are calling you to conquer. And now we are challenging you to make disciples. How are you going to make disciples if you are only trusting your leadership skills? Oh, if you, oh, pastor, but I'm just waiting the day that I'm going to be fluent in English. You know how long you're going to be waiting forever. You're never going to have enough fluent English to start to make missions in the United States. That's why I cannot ever trust my self-righteousness here. And I dare to come to this stage because I'm not supporting myself under my own self-righteousness. I know it's from grace to grace. It is from beginning to the end in the grace of God. And the same way the grace empowers me is sufficient for me and my wife, it is more than sufficient for you. Now, I love this text because it's so complete. Uh, the Bible here in Luke tells us that when the woman touched Jesus, she was pressed by the whole crowd. She saw that she could not hide herself, and she had to tell why. Why did she touch Jesus? But in, in the Gospel of Luke, you don't find this, this why. Why did she touch Jesus? So I want to I explain how the healing actually happened. Number one, we see Mark, the parallel passage of the same story, Mark chapter 5, verse 28, that she said to herself, she said, if I touch even his garments, I will be made well. Say with me, it is about, it is about to, believe to believe and to confess. Look, I always teach that. This is your two legs in Christianity. You believe and you confess. You believe and you confess. That's the only way you're going to progress in your walk with Christ. Always believing and confessing. She believed and she confessed. 2 Corinthians 4.13, since we have the same spirit of faith according to what has been written, I believe and so I spoke. We also believe and so we also, come on, speak. We confess. We speak and confess. That's how you receive the miracles. Number two, we see that she was touched by people around her life. Now, no one comes to Jesus by themselves. Let me be very clear with this. Somebody prayed for you. I love the seven seven last night, and everybody had a story with someone, right? Like no one came to the stage and said, you know what? I was in my house, and suddenly the angel Gabriel showed up to me and, you know, preached the gospel to me, and here I am. Now I'm the best leader of this house. No, everybody said someone invested, someone prayed, someone persisted, someone had a crazy idea to host me in his house in a life group. And here I am now leading, you know, and having this great opportunity to make a difference. First, we need others to talk about Jesus in our lives, like people that are going to preach the gospel to us. They're going to present Jesus to us. The same account in Mark, like we read, this parallel passage, one verse before, verse 27 said, she had heard reports about Jesus. Somebody brought a report about Jesus and came up behind him in the crowd and touched his garments. For she said, so she first heard 
about Jesus. And, the, and now she is confessing what she believed in her heart. Verse 28, uh, if I touch even his garments, I'll be made well. Now, she was in the middle of that crowd. She was in the middle of the multitude, which speaks of the church. Let me say something. It is awesome about technology and people trying to connect themselves with live streaming. But nothing is better than the warmth, the heat of the church building together like this loud guitar in our ears here, right? That this saxophone almost blowing our ears as well. And it's so good because now we have the crowd pressing us toward Jesus. Luke 4:45 was. Who was it who touched me, Jesus asked, when all denied, Peter said, Master, the crowd surround you, and I'm pressing in. Repeat with me, pressing in. We need, we need the church to press in, in the, the church service, the challenges of the pastor message. Every time you come in the service, you're going to have that pressing in, that pressure that makes you to receive your miracle. But there's more. She was placed in a position that she had no option but to share, share why the miracle took place. She had a place where she could be vulnerable, open, transparent. Sure, she was placed on spot. And there's a place safe enough for you to do that. We call here life group. You need your life group. You need a place that we're going to open up to consolidate your miracle. The Bible says when the woman saw that she was not hidden. Because in the crowd, you can be hidden. In the service, you can be hidden. But you cannot be hidden in your life group. And it is good that you are not hidden there because you need that space that you can declare, you can confess, you can share your miracle and consolidate it in your life. Come on, somebody, if you're receiving something. So, but the, the ultimate goal is still the same. We want to touch the grace of God in Jesus. How to do it? We use what God is providing in this time. Like, come on, guys, if you are lazy enough to read your Bible, make your Bible read it itself. Like, isn't that crazy? Your phone can read the Bible for you. And I'm telling you, it can bless you. Like, use technology to bless you instead of drain and create a discharge of blood in you. There are people that really spend hours, hours, I'm saying hours, in social media, not to edify, build up, and lead them to touch Jesus, but to drag them away from Jesus. How many people keep the discharge of blood, wasting their lives in comparison with worldly habits? Because now, it's not just like a TV show or that, uh, like, Netflix stream show that you watch. No, now it became your live stream show. Now it became your band. I have to watch my people that are singing on YouTube. No, 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 no. You, you have just Jesus. You don't need that. Don't make the technology of this time to be a discharge of blood. How we can receive the healing. We need to touch Jesus. You need to touch Jesus. And the result of this touching, the verse um, 48 said, And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. This is the result when you touch the grace of God. You have peace. You understand that you are loved. You understand that who you are for you. 
and who uh, is for you. Amen? And when you touch this grace, have restoration, no condemnation, deliverance, have life. And, but sometimes you think that we just need to touch Jesus once in a while. But touch Jesus is every day. Is make, uh, make this uh, uh, is a lifestyle. Touch this grace all the time. Like our pastor said, it's so easy. You can have everything in your hand. Just uh, get a good podcast. Make the Bible read for you. And you all the time renew your mind with this amazing grace. Amen? Amen. Now we are transitioning to the next session on the story. And this, this moment starts like this, verse 49. While he was still speaking, someone from the ruler's house came and said, Your daughter is dead. Do not trouble the teacher, the rabbi, anymore. Now look the difference. While the woman, first one, the discharge of blood woman, had received a report about Jesus. In other words, go and bother Jesus because he has power enough to heal you. Jairus is receiving a kind of discouragement. Don't, don't bother Jesus. Like he is busy with the world peace right now. Like he has more important things to deal than actually this pain of suffering that you are struggling with your depression. Jesus is dealing with this global situation of COVID. Like he really don't care for you. Uh, don't bother Jesus. You know, like we need to choose wisely who we're going to listen, guys. There are people that want to steal our faith, our encouragement to receive the miracle, to touch grace. There are always those trying to dissuade us from our miracles. We don't need to listen to them. Amen. And how we, is like in the beginning, Pastor said, this beautiful connection is about with this uh, woman and this kid. And uh, the test continues saying, uh, and Jesus said, do not weep, for she is not dead, but is sleeping. And they laughed at him knowing that she was dead. But taking her by the hand, he called him, saying, uh, Child, arise. What does it mean? The God unites two generations. This is how we believe as a church. And this is why, why, uh, how we are walking as a church. We believe a, a, a previous generation, my generation now, or another generation, <laughs> Uh, our generation, because I have no kids here, our generation healing, healed already. Understand the grace. Now we have the power to touch the next generation. Because we are healed, because we understand the grace. Because I know this amazing love in God. Now I can touch the next generation. As, uh, as a church, uh, Vine Movement, we believe in that. We believe a lot of people ask us why we are so intentional to uh, uh, touch the next generation. Specifically encouraging the women in the church. Yes, why, why we so are like, like you heard uh, Rebecca, that special Gabi, said last, two, last night, yes. I don't know why I'm leading the kids' life group, but I'm here. But then <laughs> I'm just obeying, but then uh, later on, As uh, they she understands yes. why. Because... You understand that when you are healed, you want to touch this next generation. 
You want to bring this uh, uh, life again to the next generation. And we believe the Healed by Grace woman and the kids ministry is together. Have no uh, salvation for the next generation if this generation not understand the grace of God. This is how we wrote down. We are intentional to lead women, women touched by grace, and kids that need to be touched. I'm going to repeat that. We are very intentional in this house to connect women touched by grace and kids that need to be touched. Now, we, we have this healing of the next generation happening. And there are three elements in this miracle that are different from the previous one, this last miracle over here. Number one, verse 54, it says that Jesus took the girl by the hand and he called saying, child, arise. So different than the woman that had the uh, condition of herself to come to Jesus and touch by herself in Jesus, the next generation don't have that ability. The next generation is not able to drive themselves to the church building, right? Like we have to take them by the hand. So we go to them. Like this is not, again, something we are just creative about. This is how it's supposed to be. We open life groups where the kids are. I love the story of Rebecca yesterday. Like she literally went to a playground because first she's a mother. She needs a playground. And secondly, she will exercise her ministry there, calling the kids around her and sharing Jesus. We do not expect the kids to drive themselves, to come by themselves. We give them a ride. We invest our time. We go after them, not another way around. We call them and take them by the hand. I remember when I was seven and my aunt decided to uh, just be that hand of Jesus that took all the nephews and nieces by the hand. And I remember we all drive to the church building every single Sunday to go in Sunday school. And we were being took by the hand. My aunt was that expression of Jesus loving my life. And without that, I could never know Jesus. And I remember making the sinner's prayer when I was seven. I don't know much after that, but I remember being honestly uh, opening my heart to Jesus because someone decided to took me by the hand. You know what? We can start with simple acts like that. You have kids in your neighborhood. You can offer yourself and just ask permission to the parents. Drive the kids to the service. We have a special service for them. Actually, you can open your house to be a host of one of our kids' life groups. We need more hosts. We need more houses. Say amen, everybody. I remember when I arrived here in the United States, and um, a lot of people said to me that this is a Latino thing, you know, the Brazilian or South American thing that talk with kids, because I know that the people is more reserved and, and there as well. It's not because we are talking. In Brazil, it's the same thing. It's the thing. same thing. If the parents is afraid of someone approach them, but... Uh, but a lot of uh, come to a lot of lies saying no, you cannot open the life group. You say let's see if he's this work or not because it's the Bible. Because we believe that the, this generation can have to touch the next generation. And then I went to the the 
a place, a playground. We start always with a playground. And uh, I start and I start to talk with the parents. And the parents say, yes, you can share the, the Bible. Yes, you can share God. God is good. No, this generation needs God. And uh, this, this life group starts to grow and grow. And today we have around 17 kids life group. Because, uh, because we go and preach the gospel. Because we understand that this generation, our generation, is responsible to touch the next generation. You know what happened? First, we are not in jail. You can notice we are here, right? <laughs> Second, the parents are noticing the difference in their yeah. kids. And you know what happens? They leave their kids in our life groups and even our services over here, and they go away. Yeah, it would be better that they were going to all join us. It would be great. Eventually, they will come. Say amen, everybody. Amen. Eventually, they will come. But we don't care. We're reaching the kids already. Like, we don't count the kids half save. You know, like, they, they, this, is a, this is a half member of the church. No, they, we count the kids as part of the body of Christ as much as you, big one, as much as you, grown up. Like, doesn't matter. It, they because have Jesus, a heart for Jesus. Because Jesus count them in heaven as well. Yeah. Yes, yes. And then um, the, the next verse said, But taking her by the hand, Jesus taking her by the hand, he called her, he called, saying, child, arise. And what does this verse mean? This is the second uh, um, part that we are stretching here in the, the test. Um, speak about prayer. Yes, we go, we preach, but we need to pray for the next generation. And we as generation, need, this generation, need to pray for the next generation. We need to uh, uh, see, when you see the kids, you have to pray over them. No, even if you are walking the street and you see the kid, pray for this, this kid. They can, you can change their life forever. I remember once uh, we went to Philadelphia and we went to a Bible museum. It's not the big one that have in Washington, D.C., just the park. And I was there with my boys and Rafael and Rafael, if, if you go with the museum with him, like you have to have a little patience because you want to, he wants to read every detail, <laughs> everything. Like you can see, a normal person can see a museum in 10 minutes, 15 minutes. We spend like three hours there. <laughs> it's supposed to be like that. <laughs> yes. What do you mean? She bought it for me when we were visiting Oregon. I am a museum geek. No, I'm just a museum visitor. Like, you spend time. I am the museum visitor. Come on. You are the museum geek. And you are. Keep anyways. preaching, lady. Keep preaching. <laughs> and and I, um, I was reading the, the, one of those, the, the piece of wood there, the paper. <laughs> it was interesting. Because it's about the Bible, and the boys was just walking around because they have no patience anymore. And I just heard a parent, a, a dad, a, a father, saying to the two little kids, "You know this. This is what this is a religion thing. When the people say that about this thing that call Bible, don't trust, don't uh, uh, believe. Okay? And I, I start, I got so mad." I say, what is happening right now? And I just, I have two options in that moment. Or I just get, get mad and leave and say, what generation of parents? How they don't teach about God? 
but I have the, the, the different position. I just walk behind them all the time. I stay like 40 minutes walking. Be <laughs> Every time that they go in one place, I go together and I start to pray for these two little kids. I say, Jesus, every word that this man is saying right now, I rebuke in the name of Jesus. I don't be, in name of Jesus, they will be touched. God, I don't know where they live. I don't know when they grow up, what is happened. But I know that you place me here right now just to pray for this, these little kids. And I just start to pray. And I believe. I believe that we went in that moment, in that day, in that place, because God wants to save these kids. And uh, when uh, who walk with me know that every time that I go in the restaurant, all the time that in the in the shopping or doing something, and I see the kid, I smile on them. I always smile. I cannot talk because the parents say, "Oh, this is weird. What is <laughs> this person is talking with my kid?" Even in Brazil, okay, it's weird. I know that. But I start to pray. I just smile back and say, God, through my smile, they can feel the Holy Spirit. They can be touched by you, God. And just uh, like we, we start to say in the beginning, no, no, um, don't be indifferent what is going on right now in the world. Don't be indifferent of the, the neighbor that you have. Like every day that, that little kid is playing in your garage or, or when you walk in your condominium and you never stop and talk with this kid or never stop and talk with these parents. This is what we are talking about. Pray for the next generation. If you don't have the boldness or you think that it's weird to talk with the, 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 the kid, please talk first with the parents. But uh, pray for them. Pray, pray for them. Encourage uh, uh, people around you to pray. If you have a lot of kids in your condominium right now, just call me, text me, and say, I need a life, kids' life group here. And we are here to serve and go and preach the gospel. Yes. Amen? So while the woman, the first one, said to herself and could encourage herself, this child needs to have someone to say it, to speak over them. You are this voice. Amen, everybody. Amen. You are this voice. Last, Jesus came after resurrecting her, verse 55, and her spirit returned, and she got up at once. Hallelujah. And he directed that something should be given her to eat. Now, you're going to agree with me on that, because in this day and age when absolutely truths seem to not exist, we Always feed our kids with grace and truth, the word of Christ. Deuteronomy chapter 11, verse 19. You shall teach them, teach the scriptures to your children, talking to them when you are sitting in your house, and when you are walking by the way, and when you are, and when you lie down, and you, when you rise, or when you are watching something together. Like when your child follows that YouTuber or watches that TikToker that asserts non-binary gender ideology, you feed them with grace and truth. When an influencer asserts that atheism is the normality, you feed them with grace and truth. When a friend affirms that cutting or hurting themselves 
is a viable cope mechanism, we feed them with grace and truth. When a teacher teaches them that pornography and immorality is just part of self-discovering, we teach them grace and truth. And how, but, but how, Pastor? I don't, I, don't, I don't know all the Bible. You don't need to know all the Bible. You need to know grace and truth. The grace of God that touched you and you touched too. Now, I, I, I'm going to just recommend you to do like I did with my boys. Think about all these um, trending moves or, or TV shows that it's inevitable. They will watch. So different than what I heard that pastor's kids usually are prohibited to watch certain specific programs. Usually, I go and rent out the movies and we watch together. So yes, we watched the entire Harry Potter series. And we saw Jesus from beginning to the end, my friend. These boys know how to preach the gospel with Harry Potter. It's really amazing. We watched all this Marvel Universe thing and became God's universe. Because there is no greater superhero than Jesus. Now, how you do that? You simply talk about the scripture everywhere. Something came out. Out of the track of the truth, you lead your child into spiritual conclusions. You lead them to know grace and truth. It's not complicated. We just need to be touched by grace and release the same touch over the next generation. I want to invite you to stand up on your feet right now. And this is just a small part of our hearts for the next generation. And we believe in a conquer conference like that, we cannot have, we cannot just close this, this conference without sharing what moves us as leaders, as part of the culture of this house. We not only love the next generation, we want to conquer the next generation. I want to pray right now for this next generation. Maybe you cannot lead because you are a man. But uh, you as a woman, I want to encourage you. Even you are not understand why, but why you are serving the kids' <coughs> Sunday service or helping the kids' life group. But I want to encourage you to, like you are experiencing this grace, just release this grace to someone. someone. Yes. <coughs> as you are having this deep revelation about this amazing grace, just release this grace to some, to some uh, person. But not why, what, why not with a little kid? Not why with this next generation? God is calling us as a church Hallelujah. to touch the next generation. I want to pray for this next generation. I know oh, that Lord Jesus. Uh, I, I ask the that the media to pass this conference uh, video because it's a privilege to host this conference. You know who is the leader, kids leader in the house understand that because it's a privilege to have the international uh, kids conference here in Fort Myers because it's a, for me, it's a prophetic moment for us as a church.
because we want to conquer Fort Myers, Southwest Lord Florida, Jesus, yes. next generation for Jesus. And we will see a revival in this nation. We will see the revival in this city. We will see these kids prophesying. Hallelujah, we will see Jesus. these kids bring their parents. Yes. We will see salvation. We will see not just opening a daycare, but yes. we will open yes. schools. Yes. We will open a seminary. We will open a high schools. We will oh, open Holy elementary Spirit, school, a middle school. We will touch this next generation. We will see a revival in this place. You know why? Because Jesus is coming back. And, and the devil, as ever before, is investing in this next generation. And the church need to wake up. The church need to wake up and invest in this next generation. Let's pray for the next generation.